morning, church. It's good to see you all this morning in the house of the Lord. It's always wonderful to be at the foot of the feet of the Lord, rather, on a Sunday morning. Um, I'm going to ask that uh, we all stand. Those who are willing to stand can stand. Please stand uh, as we begin our morning worship service. Is anyone who wish to make a confession? Confessions only at this time. All right, sister. Amen. Anyone else? All right. Let us go to our Heavenly Father in prayer. Our righteous God in heaven, we're just so thankful, Father, for the blessing of life. We thank you for allowing us to rise up out of our beds of slumber this morning that we may come out uh, to this place, Heavenly Father, to gather ourselves together that we, Father, may be at your feet and just ask you for the things that we stand in need of. And certainly, Father, we just thank you for Sister Bromel and uh, her confession of uh, fault, Heavenly Father, and confession of sin, and praying, Lord, that uh, you bless her, strengthen her, Father, in those areas where you see that, uh, that she falls short of your glory. We just pray, Father, that you will strengthen her, that she may be able to overcome them, and that she may continue to be uh, the woman of God that you would have her to be. Certainly, Father, we pray that not only for her, but all of us this morning as we come before you, Father, may we continue to focus on those things that we need to develop and improve on in our lives, that we, Father, may one day be able to stand before the judgment bar of God and be judged worthy to enter into heaven's glory. Father, we just thank you for this time. We pray, Heavenly Father, on behalf of those who are suffering around the world. Certainly, we pray for Israel and Hamas and all the challenges that are happening over there in the Middle East and Father, we just pray that you'll bring peace to that region, uh, be in the hearts of the men and, and the women, Heavenly Father, uh, help there to uh, be some understanding of you and uh, help them, Father, understand that the taking of life is not uh, what it is that you desire, but we just pray, Father, that you'll just be with them and uh, not only with them, Heavenly Father, be with the, uh, those families of the, uh, of the shootings that are being, uh, that have happened here in Inglewood, Heavenly Father, these past, this past evening and Certainly, Father, for the shootings that are happening all over the world. Father, we have challenges uh, in this world, and people are hurting. Uh, we just pray that you will uh, just uh, bless them in areas that you see uh, that they stand in need. Certainly, Father, bless the church, uh, the members of the body of Christ. May we endow our head with knowledge and wisdom that we may be able to help those who, who are in need and absent of your word, Heavenly Father, that they may be able to be uh, informed of of, uh, of the will that you have for them and that they may be able to obey it uh, before it's everlasting and eternally too late. Father, thank you for blessing us to be here this morning and as we lift up our voices in praise to you, uh, may we give you all the glory, the honor, and the reverence. Uh, bless us, Heavenly Father, now as we go into your worship. These and all blessings we ask in Jesus Christ's holy and divine name, let us all say Turn your song books to page 324, page 324, page 324, page 324. At this time, we're singing a song about the cross, amen, the importance of it, now on page 324. All pages. At last and did my Savior bleed. And did my sovereign die? Would he devote that same? 
and the burden of my heart rolled away, rolled away. They was there by faith. I received my sight, and now I am happy all the day. Was it for crimes that I have done? He grown upon the tree. Amazing beauty, grace unknown, and love beyond thee. <clears throat> at the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light and the burden of my heart rolled away, rolled away. It was there by faith I received my sight, and now I am happy all the day. Will might the sun in darkness hide? And shut his glories in when Christ the mighty maker died, all man the creature sin at the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light and the burden of my heart rolled away, rolled away. It was there by faith I received my sight and now I am happy all the day. But drops of grief can Page 250, page 250, page 250, the great redeemer. Live a life of love just as Christ loved us, the great redeemer. <clears throat> All pages. How I love the great redeemer who is doing so much for me. With what joy I tell the story of the love that makes men free. Till my earthly life is ended, I will sing songs above. Then beside the crystal 
see, more and more my soul shall be praising Jesus and his love. He is everything to me. He is everything to me. And everything shall always be. I will have good seeds to read. A song of gladness in his praise. Here and in the world above, my soul shall sing of saving love. And life and life and joy is he. The precious friend who died for me. He has purchased my redemption, rolled my burden of sin away, and is walking on beside me, growing dearer day by day. That is why I sing his praises. That is why joy is mine. That is why forevermore on the everlasting shore I shall sing of love divine. He is everything to me, to me. He is everything to me and everything shall always be. I will never cease to raise a song of gladness in his praise. Here and in the world above, my soul shall sing of saving love, life and light and joy is he, the precious friend who died for me. Glory be to him forever. Endless praises to Christ the Lamb. He has filled my life with sunshine. He has made me what I am. Oh, that everyone would know him. Oh, that all would adore. Oh, that all would trust the love of the mighty friend above and be his forevermore. He is everything to me, to me. He is everything to me and everything. Always be. I will never cease to raise a song of gladness in his praise here and in the world above my soul shall sing of saving love life and joy is he the precious friend who died for me amen Turn your songbooks to page 587, page 587, sing and be happy. Before they made it a pop song, it was already in the hymns. Sing and be happy. 587, page 
587. Speak to one another with psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, singing, making melody in your heart unto the Lord. Page 587, sing and be happy. <clears throat> if the skies above you are gray, you are feeling so blue. If your cares and burdens seem gray all the whole day through, there's a silver lining that shines in the heavenly land. Look by faith and see it, my friends. Trust in his promises grand. Sing and be happy. Press on to the goal. Trust him who leads you, he will keep your soul. Let be faithful, look to him and pray. Lift your voice and praise him in song. Sing and be happy today. Often we are troubled and tired, sick with sorrow and pain. There are others living in sin, blessed with earthly gain. Take new courage, we cannot tell what the morrow may bring. When the dark clouds vanish away, then your heart truly can sing. Sing and be happy, press on. To the goal, trust him who leads you, he will keep your soul. Let all be faithful, look to him and pray. Lift your voice and praise him in song, sing and be happy today. Oft we fail to see the rainbow up in heaven's fair sky. When it seems the fortunes of earth frown and pass us by, there are things we know that are worth more than silver and gold. If we hope and trust him each day, we shall have pleasure untold. Sing and be happy, press on to the goal. Trust him who leads you, he will keep your soul. Let all be faithful, look to him and pray and lift your voice and praise him in song. Sing and be happy today. Amen. We'll sing one more selection afterwards. We're going to ask uh, Brother Joseph to come and uh, read the scripture reading unto us and lead us in a word of prayer. How about page 662 as we get ready for prayer? Page 662, all to Jesus. I surrender, page 662. <clears throat> page 662, all to Jesus, I surrender. All to Jesus, I surrender all. 
to him my free begin. I will ever love and trust him in his presence daily live. I surrender chapter 5, verses 1 through 6. That's 1 Thessalonians, verse, chapter 5, verses 1 through 6. And it reads as follows. But of the time and the season, brethren, ye have no need that I write unto you, for yourself know perfectly that the day of the Lord so come as a thief in the night. For when they shall say, peace and safety, 
then suddenly destruction cometh upon them, as turmoil upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. But ye, brethren, are not in darkness, that that day should overtake ye as a, you as a thief. You, ye are the children of light, and the children are the day. We are not of the night, nor of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep, as do others, but let us watch and be sober. May God continue blessing the readers, the hearers, and the doers of his word. Let us bow and go to our Heavenly Father in prayer. Our Father and our God, which are in heaven, Heavenly Father, we come with our head bowed to the earth with thanksgiving in our heart, thanking you for so many blessings you have blessed us with. We thank thee, Heavenly Father, for waking us up this morning with a reasonable portion of our health and our strength and clothed in our right mind. We thank thee, Heavenly Father, for giving us this privilege to assemble together and to worship you in spirit and in truth. We thank thee, Heavenly Father, for the prayers that you have answered in the past, and we just pray, Heavenly Father, you will continue answering them in the future. We thank thee, Heavenly Father, for blessing us with food, clothes, shelter, transportation, and financial means. We thank thee, Heavenly Father, for the one that are present, and we pray, Heavenly Father, for the one that had the desire to be here, but for some reason wasn't able to be. But most of all, Heavenly Father, we thank you for your love, your mercy, your grace, your Son and our Savior Jesus Christ, who freely left his home in glory, came to earth, lived, died, and were buried and rose again on the third day according to the scripture. We thank thee, Heavenly Father, for the blood that he shed, that he purchased the church that we are members of. We pray, Heavenly Father, for each and every member here at Inglewood Church of Christ and their families and friends. We just pray, Heavenly Father, you will continue blessing them with the thing you know we stand in need of according to your will. We pray, Heavenly Father, for the churches that are having difficulty at this time. We just pray, Heavenly Father, you bless them with the thing you know they stand in need of according to your will. We pray, Heavenly Father, for the ones that's working on the front lines. And we just pray, Heavenly Father, you will continue watching over them and keeping them safe. We pray, Heavenly Father, for our government. We just pray, Heavenly Father, that the thing will be done decent in order and pleasing in the way you will have them to do. Amen. And we pray, Heavenly Father, that your will will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. And we pray, Heavenly Father, you will continue to strengthen us where we are weak and build us up, Heavenly Father, where we are torn down. And Heavenly Father, when we think, say, or do anything contrary to your word, we pray, Heavenly Father, you will forgive us and won't hold it against us at the judgment bar. We also pray, Heavenly Father, for the ones that's walking in darkness. We just pray, Heavenly Father, they are seated light come to the light before it's everlasting too late. We also pray for our delinquished members. We pray, Heavenly Father, they'll come back and repent before it's everlasting too late. I 
And we also pray, Heavenly Father, that we will continue loving each other more and more each day. And we pray, Heavenly Father, that we will be a better Christian today than we were yesterday. And we pray, Heavenly Father, for the sick and the shut in. We pray, Heavenly Father, you will bless them with the thing you know they stand in need of, according to your will. We pray, Heavenly Father, for the ones that's traveling, that will be traveling. We just pray, Heavenly Father, they'll get to and from their destination safe without any hurt, harm, or danger coming yes, to them. And we also pray, Heavenly Father, for the bereaved families all over the world. We just pray, Heavenly Father, you will comfort and strengthen those families in the way, Heavenly Father, that only you know how. And we pray, Heavenly Father, for the one living in the disasters area. We just pray, Heavenly Father, you will bless them with the thing you know they stand in need of according to your will. And we also pray, Heavenly Father, that this worship service will be done decent and in order. And we pray, Heavenly Father, it will be pleasing and acceptable in your sight. And we say a special prayer for Brother Cole Pepper as he come deliver us the bread of life. We pray, Heavenly Father, we'll listen, though what we'll listen toward eternity, because these will be eternal matters he will be delivering unto us. And not only listeners and hearers of your word, Heavenly Father, but doers of your word. Amen. So the things we learn, we'll be able to go teach and tell others what they must do to be saved. And Heavenly Father, when we done come to the end of our journey, said our last prayer, and taken our last breath, we just pray, Heavenly Father, we'll hear those wonderful words, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Come on in, get your mansion, your robe, and your crown. All these blessings we ask in your Son, and our Savior Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Amen. I want Jesus to walk with me. I want Jesus to walk with me. with me.
turn our song books to page 650. Page 650. Send the light. Send the light as we make our way to the message this morning. Send the light. Jesus says, I am the light of the world. When he was here, as he has passed on and being in the everlasting to everlasting, he has left us to be that light. Ye are the light of the world. A city that sitteth upon a hill that cannot be healed. Send the light. <clears throat> Page 650. There's a call come ringing over the restless waves. Send the light. Send the light. There are souls to rescue. There are souls to save. Send the light. Send the light, send the light, the blessed gospel light, let it shine from shore to shore. Send the light, the blessed gospel light, let it shine forevermore. We have heard the Macedonian call today. Send the light, send the light, send the light, send the light. And a golden offering at the cross we lay. Send the light, send the light, send the light, send the light, send the light. The blessed gospel light, let it shine from shore to shore. Send the light, the blessed gospel light, let it shine forevermore. Let us pray that grace may ever where abound, send the light, send the light, send the light, send the light, and a Christ-like spirit everywhere it be found, send the light, send the light, send the light, send the light, the blessed gospel light, let it shine from shore to shore, send the light, the blessed gospel light, let it shine. Forevermore, let us not grow weary in the work of love. Send the light, send the light. The jewels from a crown above. Send the light, send the light, send the light. The blessed gospel light, let it shine. From shore to shore, send the light, the blessed gospel light, let it shine forevermore. Amen. Our last song before we go to the go into the uh, sermon this morning. Um, let's turn our psalm to page eight seven five eight seven five. 875. 875. Home of the soul. 875. 875. All pages. If for the price we have striven after our labors are wore, rest to our souls will be given on the Eternal shore, home of the soul, 
beautiful home. There we shall rest, never to roam, free from all care, happy and bright. Jesus is there, he is the light, oft in the storm, lonely are we, sighing for home and longing for thee, beautiful home of the ransom, beside the crystal sea. Yes, a sweet rest is remaining for the children of God, where there will be no complaining, never a chastening rod. Home of the soul, blessed kingdom of life, free from all care, and where falleth no night, oft in the storm, we are sighing for thee, beautiful home of the ransom, beside the crystal sea, crystal sea, soon the bright homeland adorning, we shall behold the glad dawn, lean on the Lord till the morning, trust till the night is gone, home of the soul, beautiful home, there we shall rest and never to roam, free from all care, happy Angel Jesus is there, and he is a light oft in the storm. And lonely are we, are sighing for home and longing for thee, and beautiful home of the ransom beside the crystal sea, crystal sea. Amen. Home of the soul. Home of the soul. Thank God uh, that there is a place that our soul can call home. We used to sing a song that says, this world is not our home. We're just passing through. Uh, our treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. You remember that song. And so, you know, the angels beckon me towards heaven's open door. For I can't feel at home where? In this world uh, anymore. It's so wonderful to be able to stand before God this morning and uh, just share his word to be able to encourage us as we go uh, on our way. Uh, you know, the challenges of life that we've been having, the idea of, of uh, this sermon being that there's uh, peace and safety as we've been dealing uh, with uh, David's uh, psalm in Psalm 4, 1 through 8, which was last Lord's Day uh, uh, scripture reading. And, and then we brought it forward today and to the New Testament text as we look at 1 Thessalonians and we look at 1 Thessalonians 5 and 1 through 6. And so we find ourselves now, we see, as the Bible does very often, uh, you find God's word as, as, as um, the canonization uh, of the Old Testament text, uh, the, the, the apostles, and even Jesus himself uh, quoted uh, many times from the book of Isaiah, uh, which we uh, have been uh, fond, we, uh, we, 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 we call these, uh, the fifth gospel, 
and so we call it the fifth gospel because Isaiah speaks so uh, very strongly uh, about Christ. As a matter of fact, uh, out of the books of the prophets, you'll find that Isaiah uh, is the one who singularly uh, even spoke about the crucifixion of Christ as we uh, look at Isaiah 53 and 52 and 51 and 55. But you, you, you look at these, uh, this, this idea of peace and safety uh, in our world today, and you can see why this sermon, it, you know, we have no way of determining what's going to happen in the world, but, but we know that, uh, that uh, there's an urgency uh, to, to make sure that we have peace with God and that we're safe with the Lord. Uh, uh, no one knew what was going to happen the other night when uh, one nation attacked another nation uh, and, and many people uh, uh, died and, 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 you know, lives were obviously lost. And, and, and we have no idea that, that these types of things will occur. In other words, we don't know where death is. Uh, we don't know where destruction is. We don't know when it's going to happen. Uh, but, but we do know that if we continue to focus on God, and give our lives to the Lord, have our peace with him, uh, that we don't have to worry uh, about what happens in this world, right? Because this world is not our home, right? We're just passing through. Uh, the chaos that has been left behind uh, by, by Satan's influence, if you will, into the life of humanity uh, continues to perpetuate itself. Evil, wickedness, darkness, is, is, and, and those who do things that are bad are still in the world, uh, and, and it continues to perpetuate itself. As a matter of fact, Jesus made it very clear that, that these things will wax, what, worse and worse. And so what we need to do is make sure that, that we're focused on that which is able uh, to take our souls home to glory. Amen? Uh, and so as we look at God's word, it is, it is there to enlighten us. It's there to uh, encourage us. It's there to correct us. Amen. It's there to rebuke, the, rebuke us if necessary. Uh, but most of all, it's there to save us. Amen. To save our souls. Re receive ye the engrafted word, which is able to save your soul. And, that, and that's what God expects by receiving the word of God. And so as we look at the idea, once again, of peace and safety, we see it through the lens of the Thessalonians. And, and the, in, as Paul wrote, uh, to the church uh, at Thessalonica. And, and the church at Thessalonica is struggling. And they're struggling just like any other uh, 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 congregation of the people of God. Uh, they're those who have brought belief systems into the, into the, into the church. And, and those belief systems are, are, are not only, if you will, based on religious beliefs. They're, they're, they're cultural struggles, amen, with the, with the church at Thessalonica uh, as well. There are many challenges that... Uh, go on, if you will, with the, uh, with the coming together of people from different backgrounds and different ethnic groups and different systems of belief coming out of the world into the church and, and all of these things, individuals who, who believe that even when they were in the world, they thought that they were following after the teaching and the doctrine of God, but then they come into the, uh, the knowledge of the truth and then they're challenged with the transition that they have to make from that which is in the world to that which is now in Christ Jesus. And then, and then there are those who are in the world who have become, if you will, atheos or atheists, those who believe that there is no God or not God or no God. Uh, 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 and, and they, too, when they come into the knowledge of the truth, they then have to transition, transition in mind, transition in understanding and will, if you will, when it comes to understanding that there is a God and that God is the judge of us all and God is the creator of us all. 
Uh, and those struggles are real, and they're no different than what we see at the, uh, uh, at the church in Thessalonica. Uh, and then there are those who are agnostics. There are those who say, you know what, I'm not saying that there is not a God. I'm saying that I don't see enough proof that shows or proves that there is a God. And see, what you have there is not a person who is necessarily anti-Christ, amen. This is a person who is more a doubting Thomas, Amen. And so when you have that mindset, then you have an individual who now needs to understand the significance of faith, right? The significance of faith. Because faith, if you will, comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Amen. If you're looking for a sign or a wonder or some type of uh, miraculous event in your mind, what would be considered a miraculous event, God says you're not going to find that. You're not going to have that. Not in this day and age. The age of the miraculous is gone. John let this know in the last epistle, uh, in the last chapter of the book of John, the gospel according to John, that the days of uh, the miracles are gone. He said, blessed are they who do not see, yet they believe. Amen. Right? Yet they believe. And so what we find is, is that belief now becomes a matter of not trying to see whether or not there's a miracle, not trying to see whether or not there is a God. God says, read my word, for it, it, is, the, uh, the, it is the bread of life. Amen. And when you search the scripture, he say, uh, 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 they are they that testify of me. And so when you're looking at the word of God, the word of God is not here to try to prove anything to you in the sense of some type of sensory uh, perception that there is a God. God is not trying to force you into a peace agreement with him. God is saying here is the peace accord. It is here for you to take part of if you choose. If you choose not, then you will remain at war with God. And, and, and that's the end of that conversation. God is not trying to force you into anything. And so we, we find ourselves, as Paul says, knowing the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. In other words, Paul says, look, we understand that the battle that belonged to the Lord has already been won. Jesus overcame Satan. Jesus conquered Satan. Amen. Philippians chapter 2, Colossians, we, we understand that Jesus has already conquered Satan. Satan has no victory in the future. Amen. There is no victory for him in the future. And that's why the book of Revelations, the book of eschatology, the book of the last things helps us to understand who is he that overcometh the world. He that believeth that Jesus is the Christ. Amen. And when you look at first, first John, if you will, chapter five, verses one through eight, we find that, that that overcoming is about coming into the knowledge that your peace and your safety is in the church, which is in Christ, in the kingdom. Amen. That's where peace and safety is. And that's why when, when uh, the, uh, the apostles, if you will, talk about peace and safety, as we had uh, quoted Romans chapter five, and, and now we're in First Thessalonians. But when we talk about peace and safety, notice that God says, it, 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 uh, Paul says to us that, that it, is, it is in this grace, in this faith, through faith, in this grace, that we have peace with God. And when we have that peace with God, understand something. God already knows that the world is in a chaotic form. And he already knows that the world is going to end in a chaotic form. But those who would, if you will, obey the gospel and live lives according to his will, be found holy and acceptable unto him, we don't fear the end of the world like others fear the end of the world. Because we know that we are in Christ. And when we're in Christ, we have, as David says in Psalm 4, we have that safety. We are safe in, in Christ. All right, so let us get to this text and look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Uh, and, and beginning at verse number one. And I'm glad 
that, 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 that Paul gives us this because this helps us to come away, uh, uh, if you will, uh, help, uh, prayerfully, move away from speculation, right? You, we, we got a lot of people speculating, and we need to come out of speculation, and, and, and Paul says we need to know some stuff, amen. Stop speculating on your soul, amen. Speculate on your stocks and bonds, amen, but don't be, don't be speculating on the soul, amen. Amen, because you lose stocks and bonds, prayerfully you have a job, you can buy another one, amen. But if you lose your soul, amen, there's no, there's no coming back from that, amen. So we don't speculate on our souls, amen. And so Paul says there, and when we talk about speculation, remember, he says in 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse number 1, as we read here, but of the times and the seasons, brethren, ye have no need that I write unto you. For ye yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. In other words, all of those who want to believe in mysticism, right? Here's your agnostics, right? I know you don't want to call them agnostics, and they don't want to call themselves agnostics, but that's what they are. You know why? Because mysticism implies that you are speaking to some spirit or spirits in plural, some divine individuals, amen, uh, some divine beings that are able to speak to you from the beyond. And so what you're thinking that there is some divine presence that's beyond the world, beyond humanity, upon which you are believing in. But you don't believe that there's a God. See, your mysticism is all screwed up. Amen. Why believe in spirits and not believe in God? Why? Because the Bible says in John chapter 4 that God is a spirit. And, and so well, I'm just trying to hope us along here, right? And so we want to believe in everything else and all the mysticism and, and things talking to us from the great beyond, but we don't want to talk about God. We don't want to talk about being saved. Amen. Amen. We, we, want, we want to think that the spirit's going to come, come back and tell us where the insurance policy is that Grandpa left behind and we can't find. Right? And, but, but we don't want to talk about the saving of our souls. We don't want to talk about the saving of our soul. We want to talk. So that's agnosticism. That's what it is. It's agnosticism. I don't want to believe in God, but I believe in spirits. And, and, and so, 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 so we're on, that, we're on that, 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 that edge of believing in things that truly cannot help us. Amen. But, but yet we don't want to believe in God. And God says, this, this is, this is, this is, you're at war with yourself. Because what you're trying to do is you're trying to create your own idea of being able to have access into those things which are hidden from you. Right? You want to be able to go into some deep meditation, amen, uh, by help of medicines or not. But you want to try to go into some deep meditation and try to reach over into the unknown, right? Speak to us from the unknown, amen. Well, guess what? God has already spoken. The word of God is right here. You don't have to speak to the unknown. You don't have to speculate who's talking to you. By the way, if you're hearing voices, let me know. I got somebody who can help you out. But, 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 but. You, you can't speak to the unknown, amen, in that way. There's no, there's no, there's no uh, reciprocity where some, somebody from the unknown is going to speak to you. As a matter of fact, you may want to take this as just a, 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 a footnote for those who may believe in, 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 in uh, you know, these, these type of mystic uh, arts and, and belief systems. Um, uh, when the Bible talks about Lazarus being in the bosom of Abraham, I want you to notice something here. Now, just stay with me. Don't, don't, don't run from this. This is all good stuff, right? We're talking about peace and safety. Let me tell you something. If you're going to have peace and safety, especially safety, safety is dealing with the issue of salvation. Amen. Not, not, not just God's protection, but God's salvation. 
Amen. And so, but, but you find Lazarus, he's in the bosom of Abraham. And notice that the conversation that takes place between the rich man who died and, 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 and hell, in the Tartarus hell, he lifts up his eyes. He's being tormented. And he lifts up his eyes and, and he sees, Abraham, he sees uh, uh, Lazarus in the bosom of Abraham, that place called Beautiful. And look who's doing the conversation. The conversation is between the, 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 the rich man who died, amen, and Abraham. You know who doesn't say anything? Lazarus. Lazarus said, no, no, look, I, I did what I did. I'm done. I had no conversation for you. Don't come asking me where the insurance policy is. I'm done. My life is over down there. You follow what I'm saying? And when your life is over down here, there's no communication between the great beyond and you. And notice something what Abraham says. And notice something here very quickly. Don't, don't, don't run from this. Don't run from this. He asks of Abraham something. These are individuals in a spiritual realm. This is not a realm where he is on the earth and the other one is in some spiritual place. They are both in spiritual places. There's one place where the dead who have died in sin go, and there's a place where the disembodied spirit goes and has that place called beautiful. Amen. Y'all might as well say amen. That's where the text is. Amen. And so you have, you have, they, they're in both the spiritual realm. When he talks about his brothers, look what he says. Send Lazarus. Lazarus like, wait a minute. How you going to tell him? <laughs> you know, it is send Lazarus and, 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 and they'll believe, you know. And, and then Abraham comes back and says, it, they, have, they have the prophets. Lord have mercy. They have the prophets. What did Abraham point him to? They have the prophets, which means not even you, rich man who died in sin, can speak to your brothers. Lazarus is so not going because he's lived his life. We're not sending him to go do evangelism now. He, he, he's, 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 he's at rest. The text says when, when he, when he was in the, on the earth, he had nothing and you had everything. But now he's in heaven, he's in that place in the, in where the disembodied spirits go, where, where they're waiting on judgment. Amen. He says, they have the prophets. That's powerful. Because Abraham says, if they want to be saved, they better go listen to the prophets. Lord have mercy. They better go listen to the prophets. They better go listen to the word of God. Amen. Perhaps that is why in Ephesians chapter 3, Paul says, Paul says, Paul says, whereby when you read, you shall understand my knowledge of the mysteries. Right? Search the scripture. That's what Paul says. Paul tells Timothy, study to show thyself approved of workmen that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly divided and handling right the word of truth. He says, study, read, search the scriptures. That's what Paul says. Abraham said they have the prophets. If they want to be saved, let them go read what the prophets wrote. Amen. And if it happened to be during the time when the prophets were still alive, let them go listen to the prophets. The point I'm making to you is nobody from the spiritual realm spoke to him or went back to speak to them, rather. Nobody from the spiritual realm went back to speak to them. He said, go read the word of God. Go listen to the prophets if they want to be saved. Right? And so what we find is, he says, look, he says, for ye yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. 
No one can tell you when God is going to send Christ back to judge the world in righteousness. And, and, and so that should give you, if nothing else, that should give you the sense of urgency that you need to get your life right with God. You're, right? Because we don't, we don't know where death is. We, we have no idea when God is going to call us to judgment. We don't know. Did the thief send you a text message? Amen. You know, did he did he I am you in your or she? Oh, instant message. I'm sorry. Some of us. Did, did, did they help? I mean, you know, did they alert you? I, you know, it, 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 I know you go to sleep about 1030. I'm going to arrive about 1105. Make sure you're in REM sleep. Right. REM sleep is when you, you just you go. Right. Right? You know, they, they just creep in there. That's what he means by when Jesus comes, there, there won't be no big bang happening. And Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, we shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In the moment, in the twinkling of an eye, the last trump. Let me tell you something. When judgment comes, before you know it, Amen. Either you're going to be in heaven or you're going to be in hell. That's how peace and safety becomes so critical to the life that we are currently striving to live. Let me share something with you again. You remember we talked about how God says, behold, this is several sermons ago. I'm just recapping a little bit here. Remember he says to the children of Israel, behold, I said before you, good and evil. Remember the, the test, the quiz, with the answer. And he says, choose good. Now we looked at the various synonyms for evil, right? The bad, wicked, darkness, right? But he says, I set before you good and evil. And then he says, choose good. Choose good. And then he defined what good is. Good includes in it the idea of peace. When we have peace with God, that's a good thing, right? Because then he says, I, I, because he then defines good and evil or good and bad or, 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 or light and darkness. All of these things are synonyms of the same phraseology. I'm trying to get you to understand. Don't run over and find light and darkness and think that he's not talking about good and evil. He is talking about the same thing. When you look at Ephesians 5, you're children of the light, not children of the darkness. Why? Because light is associated with what? With good. Darkness is associated with that which is bad, evil, wicked. Are y'all with me? And so he says, behold, I set before you these two things. And then I took you over to 1 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse number 10, where God says, if you will, when we stand before the judgment bar of God, we shall give an account of the things that we've done in this body, whether it be what? Good or evil, right? Or good or bad. And so look, I'm sharing this with you because it won't be a mystery why you wind up in hell or you wind up in heaven has already said to us there is only one test that is in front of you live a life of goodness which is associated with light which is then associated with holiness which is then associated with being a life of a Christian amen if any man suffer as a Christian let him not be ashamed but let him glorify God on this behalf we're at the foot of the cross you all I'm just trying to hope us here 
we've already dealt with the things that were of the carnal mind. We dealt with the things which were of the material. We dealt with the ark. We dealt with the tabernacle. We dealt with the temple. And now we're with the church and we're with the doctrine. We're in the place of the spiritual now. And we need to start thinking spiritually. Remember in the Garden of Eden when Adam and Eve went before God and one of the things that he asked them, he said, what did you do? What occurred? I ate of the tree. That was the response. And what was the tree? The tree of knowledge. The knowledge of what? Good and evil. Lord have mercy. And so throughout the entire text, you have interwoven throughout the entire biblical text the idea of bringing man back from the evil side back to the good side. Oh, Lord have mercy. And let me show you this here because here's the culminating event. Here's the culminating event, right? Because the culminating event is the resurrection, right? That's when we're, 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 we're going to be resurrected. And, 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 and look what happens here in, 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 the, in the gospel according to John, the gospel according to John chapter 5, the gospel according to John chapter 5. And, 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 and I'm going to read, uh, start reading at, uh, uh, I'll start reading at verse number 24 just to bring a little more context in here. But John chapter 5 and verse number 24, right? Uh, 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 remember, this, this dovetails into the phrase that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. Right. And so look at John chapter five and verse number 24. Truly, truly or verily, verily. I'm using the American Standard 1901 or the uh, the King James Version 1611, whichever one you choose. Those are two very good translations of the biblical text. And he says, very, verily, I say unto you, he that heareth my word. Wait a minute. What? He that heareth my word. Lord, have mercy and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from what? Death unto life. Lord, have mercy. Now, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. He's, he says here, this is in red writing, right? For you red writing Christians. This is in red writing, right? He says, they, he that heareth my word. Now, notice what is being implied. In, in, that, that, that is implied in here. Here that he that heareth my word, amen, heareth my word. Now, hearing God's word could be audible in that it has been preached and someone heard the word of God. It can also be from the form of reading. We know that. We've already said that. We've quoted multiple scriptures where Paul says, read the word of God. So hearing the word of God, it is implied. It is not the modality by which you come into contact with the word. It is the fact that you have heard it. And by hearing the word of God, by, by hearing it and coming into the, uh, uh, the, the, the understanding of God's word, it is implied here because he says, truly, truly, I say unto you, he that heareth my word and believeth, which means believe, faith, right? Pisteo, faith, Hebrews 11 and 6. But without faith, it's impossible to please God. For he that comes to God must believe that he is and that he's a reward of those that diligently seek him. Faith and belief are synonymous. Although there is a significance in the evolution. They come from the same root word, but eventually you have to come into the point where you trust God. Amen. That's uh, Ephesians 1 and 11 through 13. You have to come to a point where you trust God. 
And that's just, trust comes from the same root word as we get faith and belief. And so you can see that, that, that one can come into a belief, of, uh, belief in God, but a belief in God is the same thing that the devil has. As James says, the devil believeth. Amen. But when you have that belief, there's something else that comes that continues to grow when you come into contact with God's word, irrespective of the modality. You come into the contact with God's word, you hear it. You begin to believe it. But they see, when you move from belief into that realm of faith, faith is not just belief synonymously and equal. What he's saying is when you get into faith mode, you are now into an active belief. And being in an active belief, you are now moving in the direction that God wants you to go. Do y'all hear me this morning? And so now you're going from just hearing God's word and believing. And now you're saying, what do I need to do in order that I might be saved? So then faith cometh by hearing. The more you study God's word, the more you hear God's word, the more you should get to the point where you want to apply God's word. You're applying it. And so your faith is now strengthening. And that's why the devil doesn't want to mess with somebody who's growing in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Because the more you grow in faith, the stronger your spiritual armor becomes. Are y'all with me? The more you grow in faith, the stronger your armor. Amen. Not only is your armor strong in and of itself, but the more you grow in faith, you're able to wield the armor more effectively. You know when to put up the shield. You know when to put the helmet of salvation on. You know when to swing the sword. And maybe you need to swing it both coming and going. You know, sometimes you cut people one time, but sometimes they need to be cut twice. You know, you, you, you know how to use the armor more effectively. Are y'all with me? Now, if you don't understand that, let me give you a practical example. Remember Saul and David and Goliath. Now, if you take Goliath and you use this metaphor, you put Goliath in the point of all of your problems, and all of us have Goliath. If you don't have a Goliath, come talk to me. I'll tell you what it is. All of us have a Goliath. And guess what? That Goliath has to be brought down. Oh, amen. You got to bring him down. You can't look. You can't let Goliath walk around. You got to bring him down. You got to bring him down. And so remember, this is the important about the armor. Remember when Saul had the armor and, and, and nobody else wanted to go out and fight Goliath because they were afraid. You know why? Because they, they, their armor wasn't strong enough. Amen. They, they saw Goliath out there, that big old sword, that big old helmet, that shield, and they, they, you know what? they didn't know what to do with that. And David, the shepherd boy, right? He says, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Do you know who we are? We are the children of the almighty God. Amen. What's wrong with y'all? You see, when your armor is strong, are y'all with me? When your arm is strong, you know Goliath is out there, but you don't fear Goliath. What you should fear is not tackling Goliath. But when your arm is strong, you know that your peace and your safety is with the Lord. That's 
why David gives us Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still water. For his name's sake, he restores my soul. I shall walk, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil. For thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. And when you get to the point where your arm is strong, God says, David says, thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemy. When you can sit down and eat and your enemy is right in front of you, you know your arm is strong. Y'all don't hear me this morning. You don't hear me this morning. You're at the point where you can stand before your enemy and your armor is strong. And what you're saying to your enemy, bring it home. Bring it home. The Lord is with me. My armor is strong. And Saul comes up to David, and Saul comes to David and says, here, put my arm on. David says, I can't wear that stuff. Because that's your arm. And David said, I haven't proven that arm. Are y'all with me? There's a point here. Don't try to wear somebody else's armor. Put your own armor on. Because you've tested it. Y'all don't hear me. You know where the weaknesses are in it and where the strengths are. Are y'all with me? I feel like I'm in a gospel meeting. You, 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 you got to get to the point where you know the strength of your armor. And look, let me tell you something, and you got to be clear about that. Don't try to run beyond the strength of your armor. Amen. That's why the Bible says there's newborn babes. Desire the sincere milk of the word that ye may grow thereby. In other words, you need to make sure that you're growing and maturing. Amen. Don't try to run out there and start fighting the devil and you haven't proven your armor. The devil said, come on out here. <laughs> come on out here. Right? You haven't proven that armor. When you're in peace and safety, you know what you do? You stay with the Lord. Don't want to fight the devil. I'm going to say it again. Don't want to fight the devil. But be ready when he comes. Amen. Nobody runs into a, at least I, I don't know anybody with a sound mind, runs into a fight. But you got to be ready when it comes. And knowing the devil, your turn will come. Your turn will come. But, but, but so, so, so we find ourselves with, with uh, Saul and David, and, 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 and David said, I haven't proven this armor. And so what, what does David do? David takes the armor that is proven. And someone say, well, wait a minute, Saul had all, you know, Saul had the best of everything. It ain't the best of everything. You know what Saul didn't have that David had? David had God on his side. Amen. So David said, you know what, I got this sling, and I got me some smooth stones. Amen. I know how to sling this sling. Amen. And I know how to throw these rocks. Y'all stay with me now. It's not about how many rocks you have. It's whether you got the right one. Are y'all with me? I think you see where I'm going here. Right? Because we got all these treachers out here. 
All these religious beliefs out here, all this mysticism out here, everybody running up trying to find something to appease them. And some of us have multiple things. Oh, I just have it all. I have pantheism. I believe in it all. It's not about all of that. It's about whether or not you have the right one. Because, see, the Bible doesn't say David put one rock in his sling and then slung it and missed. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. When you're fighting against your Goliath, uh-uh. You don't, you don't be missing. You don't, you don't be missing. Don't, don't give the devil a second chance. When you, when you go, amen, to war, the devil has already brought the war to you. You want to make sure you got the right rock. And that's why Jesus says to us, amen, when we build our house, we build it on a solid foundation. We build it on a rock. And that rock is Christ. So when the challenges of life come, when the storms and winds of life come that beat against our house, we can withstand it. All you need is the one rock. You don't need many. You just need the one. Amen. Well, Brother Cover, I've studied this and I've studied that and I've studied this and I've great, wonderful. But you don't need all of that. What you need is Christ. You don't need the Petras. You need the Petra. You need the one rock. You need Christ. When they, when the children of Israel were on the run from the Egyptians, and they went through the Red Sea, y'all remember the story? And the waters receded, the waters were, were, if you will, held back by God where they could walk across on dry ground. They were covered, if you will, by clouds and the, and the walls of the sea were on each side of them. And the Bible says that when that strong wind had blown through it, they blow, it blew so hard where they could walk across on dry ground. You notice that if it's water and, the, and, the, and muddy ground, somebody going to sink. But they were able to walk across on dry ground. That means that the wind blew so strongly. It dried out the pathway. Lord have mercy. It dried out the pathway. And when they, when they were able to walk across on, on dry ground, notice that the Bible says, Paul says in Corinthian text, that they all drank of that same spiritual rock when they were in the sea. All they needed was one. And all we need is one. And that's why when we talk about the one church, we talk about the one rock. You don't need all these rocks to try to kill Goliath. All you need is the right rock. And that right rock is the church. It's the body of Christ. Our peace and safety and salvation is not in the many, it's in the one. And that one is Christ. You want peace and safety in your life. And and let me tell you something. When you get to the point, as as I go back to the psalm, Psalm 23, and I'll I'll transition here. But when you go back to the psalm, notice that something. As long as you have that one rock on your side and he can prepare the table in the presence of your enemies, what else do you need? You don't need nothing else. If he knows who your enemies are and he's he's telling you, you see them, guess what? I see them. You see that I see them. They know that you see that I see them and they see you. But I'm still going to put a table right here. And you can sit down and be at peace and safety in the presence of your enemy. Who shall I be afraid of? They need to be afraid of me. And you know what the blessing is? 
When your relationship is right with the Lord, you have peace and safety with the Lord. Guess who's standing watch while you eating? The Lord is standing watch. Because see, you don't know when your enemy wants to attack. But the Lord knows. Amen. And the Lord is that watchman. He's that shepherd that looks over you as his sheep. Amen. If you need some little help with that, remember we talked about Peter, first, first Peter 3, second, second Peter 3.12, when Second Peter 3.12, when, 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 when uh, Peter writes to us and says that the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous and his ears are open unto their prayers and the face of the Lord is against them, but the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. I'm going to have to go find that because I don't want you to miss that. And I, I said it was first Peter, uh, uh, Second Peter 3.12. Uh, uh, it's 1 Peter 3.12. I want to make sure you got the right one because uh, there it is, 1 Peter 3.12. For the eyes of the Lord over the righteous, 1 Peter 3.12. And, and, and his face is against those who do evil. So when you're sitting in peace with the Lord, God is watching. God is watching. And so you can have that presence in the face of your enemies. So he says, not only that, when he says, so the thief comes, the Lord cometh as a thief in the night. When he comes as a thief in the night, remember, judgment is coming as a thief in the night. And remember, we've been talking about good and evil and, 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 and evil and good. And so as we turn back to John chapter 5, and we go back to uh, uh, verse number uh, 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 24, he said, but it but is passed from death unto life. Now, remember, he's sitting here, Jesus is speaking, and he's speaking to those, if you will, that, 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 um, uh, 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 that are before him, and he's saying to them that when they hear the word and they believe it, which means that they've obeyed the word because they, 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 they have faith in it, they've moved on from just, if you will, uh, listening to it, but then now their actions in their life is now manifesting that which they have faith in. It says, and shall not come into condemnation. See, when you shall not come into condemnation, it means that you are obeying God's word. You're doing all you can to become holy. Do you hear what I'm saying? To become acceptable unto God. To become that living sacrifice unto the Lord. You're doing all that you can. And so you will not come into condemnation. Romans chapter 8. There is now therefore no condemnation to them who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. Right? You're doing all you can to be holy before God. Right? And so he goes on, he goes on, John says, John says, he goes on and he says, but it's passed from death to life. Notice something here. This is while they are still physically living. They're not physically dead. They're physically living. So what is the passing from death to life? What he's talking about is now the condition of your spirit. Lord have mercy. It is now where you are spiritually. Because physically you're still going to die. But when you're, if you will, when, you, when your belief in your spiritual belief, you are now in that space of faith. And that space of faith eventually moves to that space of trust. But you're, you're making that evolution, you're, 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 you're developing and you're growing. And he says, look, he says, you've passed from death to life. It is your spirit that is now in the position of safety, that is now in the position of life. 
Paul says in Ephesians chapter 2, in verse number 1 through 2, we were all children of disobedience. We were walking in trespasses and sin. Dead people walking. But when we obeyed the gospel, when we heard the truth of God's word, Christ animated our spirit. We've passed from death to life. Because our spirit is no longer living in a body that is headed towards sin, or that is headed towards death because of sin. Our spirit being carried there with it. But now the spirit is stronger. That spirit has placed that armor of God on. And that spirit is proving that armor. And now the spirit is stronger, stronger and stronger each day to bring, as Paul says in 1 Corinthians 9 and 27, to bring that body into subjection. All y'all hear me? For what purpose? We'll get to it. Look what he says. Back in John, verse number 25 now. Truly, truly, verily, verily, truly, truly, I say unto you that the hour is coming, and now is, when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God, and they that hear shall live. Lord have mercy. Lord have mercy. In other words, judgment is coming. Judgment is coming. Those who are asleep. If you lived a righteous life before God, God is coming to judge your spirit according to the life that it lived. Verse number 26. For as the Father hath life in, in, in himself, so hath he given, the, to, given to the Son to have life in himself. So what we're talking about is eternal life. That's what we're talking about. Verse number 27. And hath given him authority. Lord have mercy. Thank God that Jesus has the authority. To do what? To execute judgment. Also because he is the son of man. Verse number 28. Marvel not at this, for the hour is coming in the which all that are in the graves shall hear his voice. Let me tell you something. No one is going to escape from the judgment. Even if you die before judgment day comes, your spirit will stand before the judgment bar of God. And will have to give an account. And look what he says as we come back. Verse number 29 is where we want it to be, and here's where we are. And shall come forth, that is, those who are in the grave. They that have done what? Good. Wait a minute. Isn't, isn't that the beginning of the test way back in Genesis? They that have done good, and if you've done good, if you lived a life of righteousness, if you lived a life of belief, faith, and trust in God, if you presented your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is a reasonable service, he said, they that have done good unto the resurrection of life, behold, I've set before you life and death, good and evil. Light and darkness. He said those who have done good 
unto the resurrection of life. And that's eternal life. You see, all oh, we're at the cross now. All this other stuff, all this other stuff is insignificant. This life doesn't matter. This world is not our home. We're just passing through. Our treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. Right? We're being beckoned. We're being beseeched to come to the cross of Christ. To obey the gospel. So that we can live lives that will be, that will be found worthy and acceptable unto him. He goes on and says, so those that have done good unto the resurrection of life and the conjunction. And they that have done evil unto the resurrection of damnation. So you see the beginning of the story. And now you see the end of the story. You do realize that there's, there's the after this. There is nothing else in this existence here. That's the end of the story. Either you are going to prepare yourself for eternity or you are not. If you, your eternity is to spend everlasting life with God, then you need to prepare yourself now. Peace and safety, salvation is in Christ. It's not in how much knowledge you have. It's not in how much you can learn about the mysticism and the mysteries of the world. It's about the word of God. It's about the word of God. Because in it, it strengthens us to present ourselves as a living sacrifice. To do good. To do good. Because when we do that, which is good, as Paul told Timothy, all scripture is given by the inspiration of God. And it is profitable for doctrine, for instruction, for teaching, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, may, may, may thoroughly be, may be perfect and thoroughly furnished unto all good works. It's the scripture. It is the covenant of God it is the covenant of God, which is in the church, that prepares every child of God to become that which is able to be saved. And only God can prepare you to be saved. So peace and safety. As we come back and close out with Thessalonians, Paul says, but of the times and the seasons, brethren, ye have no need that I write unto you. For you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord shall come. So, so cometh as a thief in the night. Verse number three. For when they say shall, for when they shall say, rather, for when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them as travail upon a woman with trial, and they shall not escape. All you have is right now. All you have is this moment to change your life, 
to come out of darkness into the marvelous light. And to come out of darkness into this marvelous light, God helps us understand that by doing that, he says, but ye, brethren, are not in darkness, that the day should overtake you as a thief. In other words, when you have God's word in front of you, you are always alert. But even in your alertness, you can still be at peace. Why? Because you are in the Lord. You see, being, being at peace with God doesn't mean that you become complacent. You still remain alert because you never know when the enemy may come against your house. But in that alertness, you know that your saint, your, you, can, you, can, you can have that peace with God because God is watching. And so are you. The Bible says, be circumspect. Look around and keep yourself focused on what is happening to your spiritual life. I'm closing. But ye brethren are not in darkness that the day should overtake you as a thief. In other words, you shouldn't, don't, 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 don't become complacent where you will be surprised. Ye are all children of light and the children of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. For they that sleep, sleep in the night. And they that be drunken are drunken in the night. But let us, who are of the day, who are of the light, who are striving to do good, those who want everlasting life and desire everlasting life to be in the resurrection that leads to eternal life. He said, but let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the what? The breastplate of faith and love and for a helmet, the hope of salvation. I told you, put on that armor. Put that armor on. Because your Goliath needs to be taken down. And you can only take your Goliath down with the armor that God has supplied. And that armor that God has supplied is the word of God. It is the word of God. And he has put you in a wonderful place. He has put you in the church. Notice something here. Notice the blessing. I'm going to close right here. Look what he says. He says, look what he says. He says, as you put on the breastplate of faith and love and for a helmet, the hope of salvation. Verse number nine. For God hath not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ. He's not appointed you to go into battle to fight. He's put you in a place where if you have to fight, you have the resources. He hasn't appointed you to wrath. You don't chase him down. You're ready to defend yourself if he comes. Y'all hear me? I'm closing right here. You remember the story, the wonderful story of Job. And maybe you've never picked up on it before, but, but you know, as we continue to read and we study the word of God, we pick up on a lot of different things. You will live the rest of your life trying to figure out all the stuff that God has given us in his word. You'll never know it all. Every time you read a story, the same story, you can read the same story a hundred times and find something new. 
that you never picked up on before. <laughs> and that's the wonderful thing about God's word because you're ever learning. You're ever striving to come into the knowledge of the truth of God's word. But look at the story of Job. Notice something here. And this is the blessing uh, that we take away with, with the peace, the safety, and the salvation that we just wrote, read about. Look, 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 look what he says. So, so, so remember Job. Job is doing something that's very important. Job, be, be, before we find out why the devil wants to, uh, 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 to, 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 to harm Job, the Bible lets us know what Job is doing. Right? Job offers sacrifices for himself and his children and his household. Job has that strong relationship with God. Are y'all with me? Job has that relationship. That, that relationship is being nurtured, <laughs> cultivated, right? Job has that relationship with God, and you know he has to have it. And maybe, maybe you never picked up on this, right? Because there are a lot of other people in the world. You have to know that. There are a lot of other people in the world, right? But look what happens. The devil doesn't go to God about everybody else that's in the world. The devil goes to God about who? Job. Right? Job. So you've got to understand this. When you're striving to do right, when you're striving to do good, Brother Tyler, when you're striving to be the light, the devil always wants to go to God and talk about you. Right? He always wants to go to God and talk about you. The devil don't care about talking about other devils. <laughs> oh, Lord, have mercy. <laughs> Whoa, that helped me. Right? The devil don't go tell to God about other devils. He goes and talks about those who are striving to do good. So that's why God says, be careful when all men speak well of you. <laughs> right? Lord, I'm just trying to make it. I'm trying to do the best I can. I know it. Just hang in there. I'm, I'm trying to hang on. I'm just trying to hang on, right? Right? But this is, this is Job. But, but you got to understand this relationship. I'm almost done, y'all. Come on now. Give me some time. So, Job is, he, he's, he's making sure that his relationship is right with God. And, and look, and even if, if, if his family, you know, he doesn't know what his sons and his daughters are doing, but, but what, he's doing, what, what he's doing is he's, he's making sacrifices for them too. You hear what I'm saying? Whatever his servants are doing, he don't know what they're doing and what all that, but he's making sacrifices for them too. Because Job is doing what's right with God. And so what he's doing, what, what the devil sees, and notice something here. When God asked the devil, wherefore cometh thou from walking to forth in the earth, up and down? And then God says, have you considered my servant Job? And he says, you got a hedge around him. How you know? <laughs> How you know? You ain't been walking up and down and around. You've been snooping around Job's house. That's what you've been doing. You've been snooping around Job's house. And, and you see, you see that, 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 that he's doing all that he can to remain righteous with God. And even when you bring Zophar, Beldad, and the other one, his friends. Be careful about your friends. I ain't got time to deal with them this morning. I got to close. But Job, he, he says, he says, and then he says, you got a hedge around him. And God says, oh, okay, so that's where you, I knew where you were been. I'm glad that you're at least honest enough to tell me where you've been because I knew it anyway. Right? But then the devil comes back and says, look what he needs. Now, y'all stay with me. I'm, I'm closed right here. 
This is why we need to stay with the rock. This is why we need to stay with the church. This is why we need to stay with the one church. Don't go right now for the many and all these mysticisms and all these different religions that don't make any sense, right? Just stay with the one church. Look, look what the devil had to do. The devil says, remove the hedge. Well, wait, wait, wait. Wait, wait a minute. Why, why, why? You all powerful. Why do I have to remove the hedge? Did you ever think about that? Do you not just realize that the God in heaven has revealed in a story that the devil has limitations. Lord have mercy. Y'all, y'all missed it. You missed it. When you're in the church and you're striving to do right, this is your hedge. The devil can't touch you. But you know when he can touch you? Leave the church. Leave the church. Get out of your hedge. When you get out of your hedge, the devil got you. And that's why the devil says to God, remove the hedge around him. You know why? Because he knew he couldn't get past him. Couldn't get to him without that hedge being removed. When you're in the church, you're in peace and safety. I got to close. Boy, this is getting good. I got to close it. But when you're in the church and you're doing all you can to stay righteous and faithful before God, and you're going to suffer some hits here and some hits there, but whatever happens, stay with the Lord. Stay with the Lord. And they come from all different kinds of places. Your money goes away. You want to run from the church. Friends leave you. You want to run from the church. Amen. Family dies off and leaves you. You want to run from the church. Amen. And then he got real close and personal because then he got to his woman. Whoa, you can't get closer than that. The two shall be one flesh. When the devil can get to the point where the stresses of the life get to your wife or to the husband, whichever one applies, he's gotten so close to you now, right? But what does Job do? What does Job teach us? in this relationship of peace and safety. When devil gets his closest to him, because God allows him to take his money, God allows him to take his, 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 his daughters and his, his sons and daughters, his servants, God allows all that to happen. God even allows him to take his health, and he gets to the point where his, the wife, his wife is so stressed out, she says something that is so beyond what you would even fathom of a person of God. You need to curse your God and And then Job comes back. And this is where you know your arm is on. This is when you know your arm is on. Because Job has lost his money. Job's lost his servants. His sons and daughters. Are y'all with me? And now his, 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 his Ishar says you ought to curse your God and die. And Job says... You speak as a foolish woman. In other words, Job understood, if I leave the Lord, I have nothing. Because everything I did have, I had it because God gave it to me. Right? And, and so, so if I leave the Lord, the devil got me. Right? 
So you can lose everything in the world. I'm trying to help us here. You can leave everything and lose everything in the world. But as long as you have peace and safety in God, you're going to be all right. You're going to be all right. You're going to be all right. At the end of Job's story, notice what happens here. Everything that Job had that he lost because of the devil, God gave it back to him. You follow what I'm saying? So your relationship with God is more important than anything else in the world. It is that spiritual relationship with God. It is the church that gives you your hedge. And what you do is you don't run looking for the devil to go fight the devil in your Goliath. What you do is you know that he's out there. And what you do is you prepare yourself to go to battle if necessary. Right? Back in the schoolyard days when I was younger, the bully always knew who they could mess with. Right? I'm just, I'm, I, ooh, I wish I had time. I wish I had time. I'm, 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 50, I'm in my late 50s now. I guess I can take all the time I want now. I just, but let me tell you something. These stories in your life start to overlap because you start seeing yourself. The bully always knew who to mess with. But you always wondered. Why did the bully never mess with that person? Yeah. 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 Why, why wasn't there always some, somebody that, the, de- the bully, the devil, the bully, the, the devil, uh, the bully, always know who to mess with. But there was always somebody who the devil wouldn't mess with. And you never saw that person jumping out and acting bad and, and thinking that they were the ruler of the world. That, 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 but, but the bully always knew, I'm not going to mess with that person. Let me tell you something right here. And this is the, this is, this is the. When you prepare to go to battle, you don't have to worry about the fight. Are you with me? And the bully always knew, I don't want to mess with this person, right? Because I know they're ready. I'm going to mess with the ones who ain't ready. Y'all missing it, but I'm going to drop it for you. The devil is as a roaring lion who walking about seeking whom he can devour. But he knows there's always that one who he can't touch. And he ain't going to mess. He'll mess with everybody else. But you, they'll walk around and then maybe turn around and go back the other way. Because they know who's ready for the battle. You don't want to run to the devil. But you want the devil to know something. Don't test me. Don't test me. Right? That's where you want to be. I'm not looking to fight you, but don't test me. Because if it's got to go down, it's got to go down. 
You've got to get to the point where your faith is strong enough and your armor is strong enough and your use of that armor is strong enough where you just exude from your presence. Don't test me. I'm not looking to hurt you.
Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. It is into your presence we come with bowed heads and grateful hearts. Just thank you, Father, for loving us more than we love ourselves. Thank you, Father, for asking our prayers with a yes or no answer. Thank you, Father, for caring for us and helping us on this journey. We just pray, Father, that you will continue to answer our prayers. We pray, Father, for all those 